りつける重たいさダメの石にまるで押しつぶされてどこにも逃げられないひたすらあがきながらだけど諦めないがれきの底に Clapping in three, two, one. Dustin, thanks for doing such a good job introducing the show just now. Yeah, it was it was probably one of the best intros I've ever done. Wait, honestly, hold on. I it was a work of it was a work of pure mastery. Wait, something's bizarre. What? What do you mean? I, Everything seems fine to me. Like we we just did the normal thing where I introduced the podcast. But I've got like five candies in my mouth. <laughs> what? Why do you stick so much candy in your mouth? Well, no, I usually have like ten. But what happened? I must have. Did I already eat five of them? Wait, hold. Why? That's that's strange. For some reason, I've I've already booted up like my Switch because I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> All right, so clap in three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God, Ty's right. back in season four still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we skipped too much. All right, so. Okay. Uh, that was a good bit and all, but also, <sighs> hi. Welcome welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Rewatch. Uh, we skipped forward in time for a bit, but just so everyone knows what's going on, uh, this is uh, episode 10 of the recording for season 5 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Vento Oreo. And uh, I am your host, Dustin, and with me today is Luke. Hello. As well as Ty. Hi. And Ben. Yo, what's up? Uh, and today, we're going to be talking about um, one of the more complicated stands to wrap your head around. Yeah. Um, because we're going to be covering episodes 21 and 22. Uh, not 21.5, because fuck that noise. And <laughs> uh, which uh, 21 has some more King Crimson. Uh, specifically where King Crimson like goes into excruciating detail to attempt to explain what he does yeah yeah to mixed success in my case yeah it's it's a little confusing um you know king crimson is a stand that has a whole meme about how confusing his powers are so yeah so before before we actually get into the episode i want to see if I was able to parse the explanation properly. Okay, sure, yeah, go for it. So, basically, what King Crimson does is he can see into the... Like, it's it's sort of twofold. Yeah. First, King Crimson sees into the future, <laughs> but not particularly far ahead, just like a few seconds. Um, and he's able to then take a reaction to the movements that you make in the future in like in the future to avoid whatever attack you're doing 
and then he slices out the uh, future he saw from your memory. Do I got it? More or less? Right. I, I, have, I have a take. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, kind of like what Dustin said, uh, but basically he can see the, you know, a bit in the future. Um, but instead of Dio's thing where he just freezes thing and does action yeah. and then restarts it, um, he can do an action and then just kind of skip ahead to him having already done the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like when he turns the power on... Everyone stops being aware of his existence, and he can do whatever he wants. And then when he turns it back off to everyone else's perspective, it's like time just skipped ahead a couple seconds. Oh, okay. So he's not actually just like he's not actually cutting time out. Uh, he's just basically removing people's awareness of what they're doing. He's cutting time out for everybody but him. But like yeah, okay. when he turns it on, like Bucciarati is still punching and he's dodging the punches. But Bucciarati, like is punching where he was predestined to punch. And he can't react to what King Crimson's doing. Okay. Okay, I gotcha. Alright, so I was almost there. Yeah, yeah. I was just missing the key clause of, like, they, even even during, like, the initial setup, they don't know what's happening. Right, it's um, pretty much uh, that episode of Futurama with the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, okay. Ah. I'm gonna nod like I've seen that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, I haven't watched got, a whole lot of Futurama. Well, there's an episode of Futurama turn. where they all fall under the power of King Crimson. Mm-hmm. It's a real good crossover episode. I didn't get it at the time, right. but hey. Kinda. Except it's like the Harlem Globetrotters stand is King Crimson. Right, yeah. Uh, all right maybe i need to watch that episode if you're being even halfway serious i'm halfway serious yeah all right so anyway um we sort of we ended episode 20 with bucarati uh, bucarati um getting getting real fucked up yeah just a whole punch right through his body yeah, he yeah. King Crimson does the God Hand thing, where he, like the his fist just goes all the way through your chest. Um, and then uh, we cut back to the boat where um, f- uh, where Mista and Narancia are arguing about chocolate and who gets to eat the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while their boss is in the in while. The- Bells. Yeah, Bells. while their boss is getting murdered, they're arguing about chocolate because these guys are. I mean, they're still children, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead to the next episode because <laughs> <laughs> no, just to freeze the the, the the thing at the start where Bucciarati like let's fill our guts as well. Yeah. That's just a weird phrasing there. Yeah, yeah. Like, that 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 also became the title of the episode was very. <laughs> Right. The, yeah. yeah, I think these guys just really like eating, honestly. They do. Um, they do. And then uh, then at some point um I believe it's Abakio yeah. um asks uh, Giorno to get him a bottle of water. Uh and Giorno's like, Alright. And then Giorno starts noticing that like weird shit is happening. Yeah. Like Well because uh, all of a sudden around. all of the candy is in Narancha's mouth all at once. Yeah. And the bottle that he was just reaching for is in Fugo's hand and he's drinking it. Yeah, and also he notices that, like, there are 
uh, cat prop paw prints across his lap because like some cats like walked over him yeah. to get to a fish, and the fish is already eaten. Which man, those cats are fast, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That part where Obaki was like, "Wait, calm down, don't do anything." Right. And then Jordan's already off the boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wait, I, I'm sorry. It was actually Fugo who asked for the bottle of water. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, yeah. It's a very crucial distinction. I apologize. Listen, Fugo's for my not a, not going to get to do much more in this series. Don't cut out what he's got left. <laughs> this is this is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fugo's not going to be particularly relevant in a bit here. Right. Um, so yeah, Giorno's like, okay, there's some weird shit that is happening here. Yeah, and like, Abakio goes to stop Giorno and like, it's time skips ahead again and Abakio's hand is already on Giorno's shoulder and he's yeah. like, alright, I'm heading in there. <laughs> and he starts uh, uh, calling, um, this is sort of where we sync up. Right. As close as we can, like, have consistent time frames in a JoJo series. Sure. Uh, or in just Shonen in general. Yeah. Uh, here's where this syncs up to where uh, uh, Bucharati uh, uh, starts, um, like, fighting King Crimson. Because yeah. it's where he calls. It's where he removes the cell phone from his, like, face purse. Right. Which, what really makes this creepy is that all the time skips that the rest of the gang are experiencing are happening because King Crimson is doing time shit. Yeah, is in, like, the, it, is in it, the vicinity. Well, that's what I wonder. Like, what's the range on that? Like, does everyone in the world just lose a couple seconds every time the boss wants to, like, appear dramatically somewhere? No. Yeah, I well, think, you want to know the range on that? Huh. The world! Oh. <laughs> Great, good job. No. All right, good deployment of that. But, uh, no, but uh, but seriously, it's I think it's I think it's basically that little, uh, you know, because this is in Venice, so it's like right, it's, it's like that little island. See, okay, but this is then where I'm going to think about this way harder than anyone ought to. Imagine if you were right on the border of his range. What does it look like from your perspective when he pops it? Oh, so you you think like maybe it just does it. Oh yeah, like half of you is in and half of you isn't. I'm saying like if if like I am right outside his range, you're right inside his range, and he uses his power. What do I see? <laughs> I mean, do, like, do I just see time flowing normally, but you just like forget that 15 seconds passed? What happened? I I would imagine so. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird because like also there's just like a. Uh, we're gonna get to it, but there's a point where King Crimson says they're not in my range, and I'm like, "Yeah, since when?" Well, I <laughs> they think were on a boat. In the range for him to get close to them oh, and to do attack something in the time frame. Yeah. Okay, that would make more yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we then we cut back to, um, then we cut back to uh, Bucciarati getting like real messed up. All of those guts. Yeah. 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 So much guts. Uh, and it's also where King Crimson um, goes into detail explaining what his power is. Yeah, because, like, Bucciarati goes to punch him, and then he, like, triggers it, and they just go into a world of, like, stars while Bucciarati's, like, moving in slow motion. I was a little yeah, bummed out by this part, just because the manga panels for all this are so cool looking, and they're just not, this doesn't look yeah. like that. 
the real messed up thing is that King Crimson does his explanation during, like, the time skip period, so he's telling yeah. Bucciarati all this, but right. Bucciarati is not going to be aware of it, which is just the most fucked up thing. Yeah. I was, okay, that makes so much more sense, because I'm like, you know, after all the precautions this boss wouldn't have right. played, he's just like, well, here is exactly how my right. yeah, no, is. He's, he's just a dick. Yeah. yeah, no, he's just an asshole. Yeah, in, in the manga, every time King Crimson's power turns on, he sees, like, every frame of motion of, like, what Bucciarati is doing. They're all, like, strung together like a worm made out of Bucciarati's. It's awesome looking. Oh, okay. So he sees, like, Bucciarati in, like, 4D, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the one um, opening to that show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before. What? what? Uh, like, like in uh, Diamond is Unbreakable, when, like, all the, you know, frames of Josuke uh, yeah. are walking oh. out of the sun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I like see that. what you're saying. All right. Yeah, and then uh, he just, like, basically casually just walks behind Bucciarati as Bucciarati is trying to, like, open a bunch of zippers. Yeah. And uh, he just, like, karate chops through Bucciarati's left shoulder. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, this guy's gonna die. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. And then King Crimson does, like, the really creepy thing where, like, he places, like, his head, like, right next to Bucciarati's almost, like, cheek to cheek. And he's like... Yeah, everyone goes through their ups and downs. You succeed and you fail. Just being a total asshole. Right. Well, he's also talking about, like, how everyone except him does that, because he just erases the times when he fails. Yeah, yeah, because he, he never needs to fail. Yeah. The, the manga translation I read of this, he talks a lot about how no one is ever going to interrupt his infinite climax. Which <laughs> made me real bummed out wow. that his stand is King Crimson, not Sting. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that would be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also, is he is definitely talking through the stand. I'm not just missing. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, he's he's doing vent- ventriloquism through the stand. Yeah, and I hate watching King Crimson's face animate. <laughs> I, it's it's a very good face. Uh, Does the little head talk, too? Does the little face It hasn't yet, also? but who knows? Yeah, so here comes one of my <laughs> favorite... So... King Crimson, because, like, he's like, okay, well, Bucciarati is gonna die here, because, like, I just punched a hole in his chest and also, like, disconnected most of his shoulder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of a like, zipper man myself. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's like, alright, this guy's gonna die, I'm gonna go ahead and take care of Trish now. And what's about to happen here is maybe one of my favorite things that Giorno has ever done in this series <laughs> Boy, oh boy. And also the wildest thing yeah. for the implications behind it. So King Crimson goes to kill Trish, and just as his karate chop is about to land on Trish's face, like we see him suddenly freeze and get sucked into the brooch that Bruciarati placed on him. Yeah. And then it turns into a turtle. Yes. But we're like, wait, they have the turtle on the boat. Right. To which Bucciarati explains, Giorno used, like, took some cell samples from the turtle. From Coco Jumbo, to use on, his name. Yeah, from Coco Jumbo, and put it on the brooch, and then recreated Coco Jumbo, stand power and all, in the brooch. Which has some implications. Well, what I like best about this is it confirms what we talked about months ago, which is that Giorno could, in fact, create a snake that's genetically predisposed to eating bread. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, if he can alter DNA like that. Yeah. You know, cool. I, I... I apologize, Araki. You had it all figured yeah. out. You know, to save my sanity, I just didn't bother thinking too hard about all this shit. And I no. was just like, I'm just gonna roll with it. <laughs> yeah, you, you shouldn't. But also, like... Boot... But also, like, Jorno could just create infinite transport turtles. That's... Yeah. Well, the, if you and wanted I mean, to. But then, what other kinds of stands can he create? Like, how yeah. how deep does this go? Could he make a person? Right? Yes. Would that person he make have their stand? Yeah, if, 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 he, if he took cells from King Crimson, could he make his own <laughs> King Crimson? Even if we, like, don't broach that subject, because that's weird, uh... What if the, Could like, he make himself? What if the finale of this series is he finds, like, the dead, like, carcass of Forever from Stardust Crusaders, and he just keeps creating oil tankers to drop on King Crimson? <laughs> if that's how that ends, that would be great, actually. <laughs> Please just make a bunch of orangutans so you can just drop cargo ships on people. can solve all the Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. Oh. Man, yeah, no, I, hmm, I, I, I both love this scene and I am terrified by this scene. Yeah, <laughs> of Jorno's power. I'm pretty sure they're just gonna forget he can do this. Yeah, yeah, I think so because like, just no one ever mentions it. Like, yeah. like Bucciarati, like at the end of this episode or moving into the next one, doesn't go like, "Hey, Jorno, so like, you create a stand user." Yeah, <laughs> just. Addison, you just cloned a stand. Right. No one ever says that. <laughs> and they just I leave Coco like Jumbo. That, uh... They just leave the duplicate Coco Jumbo there. Well, Jorno like zips a hole in the floor and drops it into the sewers to try and get King Crimson away from him. Oh yeah, so I guess Coco Jumbo is just now living the normal life of a teenage mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. He's he's gonna he's gonna find like a he's gonna find a rat with a stand power somewhere in there. Yeah, bug eating's down there. Yeah. <laughs> what would what would Splinter's stand power be? Well, would it just be yeah, would it, it just it, be strong and would it just be like the typical JoJo protagonist one of strong and strong and precise and fast punches? Like, oh wait a minute, because he's good at karate. They already did rats with stands in part four. Yeah, it's a time was Yeah, he can just melt flesh into cubes. Oh no, I don't like this I don't like this version of Splinter. This seems too evil. Listen, how else are you gonna get pepperoni on those sewer pizzas? Oh no, I don't I mean usually pepperoni isn't melty. Well, I mean It would make you know. it would make more sense if he could like like if he had a stand that had like a couple like katanas yeah. so he could just slice people up real nice and thin. Right. What is wrong with Saraki? Why did we make buggy? Why, why is that whole I like that episode. Thing? Everyone hates it because of how gross it is. I think it's no, a I, I really like it too, mostly because I love Jotaro, yeah. and Jotaro gets a lot of screen time in it, but also, like, there are people flesh cubes that are stuck oh, yeah. into a refrigerator, and that's not okay. It's not okay. Ugh. <laughs> oh. It is certainly one of the grosser episodes of part four. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, he, like... Yeah, he just creates a turtle, sticks sticks, sticks a sticks Coco Jumbo number two into a sewer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sweet dreams, um, Shonen Jump readers. Sweet dreams. 
Yes. And then Futurama, like, crawls over to Trish, and he's like, oh, Jorno has given me an opportunity, and I thought I was finished, but I'll show resolve here. And, like, kind of grabs her and starts crawling towards the stairs, and, like, every movement he makes just makes a fountain of blood come out of his shoulder. It's so... Yeah, yeah, because, again, it's, like, basically disconnected at this point. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, uh, King Crimson is able to escape. Yeah, he's and... just sitting at the top of the stairs waiting for Bucciarati. Yeah. He's, like, casually and... sitting there with his legs crossed. Yeah, and, and so the, the, the thing that Bucciarati does, like, um, Bucciarati just essentially takes a page from Joseph Joestar, young Joseph Joestar, that is. Yeah. And basically plans out a move so far in advance that, like... It makes uh, King Crimson time power irrelevant because he can't see right. what, uh, like, he can't see far enough ahead to stop what he's planning. You said Joseph Joestar. I'm thinking more Goku when he fights a uh, hit. Oh yeah, I guess that that's yeah, if also. You can warp five relevant. seconds in the future. I just got to plan my moves six seconds ahead. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that is more like Goku in the, uh... Well, it's not in the Tournament of Power, because he mostly figures that out. No, I forget what they call that tournament. Yeah, it's like an exhibition match with Universe 6. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. Goku does a smart thing? (laughs) Kind of. That's the thing, is that Goku... That's the thing about Dragon Ball, is that occasionally... Occasionally, Goku can come up with something clever. Although, Goku is an absolute genius, but only if he can contextualize problems in fights. (laughs) Yeah, 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 like, Goku <laughs> is essentially a fight savant, and, right. like, a total idiot at everything else. Like, like if, if Go- the only way to beat Cell was to invent cold fusion, then the world's energy crisis would be over. Yeah, Goku would have figured that shit out. Like, he's like, oh, I can just, like, condense a Kamehameha ball, and that would <laughs> right. be cold fusion. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> We're just gonna look, go to Antarctica about- and use the earrings. Look, I could talk about Dragon Ball for so long, we can't start talking about Dragon Ball. <laughs> uh, I guess you're really, that new Broly movie has a lot of cold fusion in it. I, I swear to, I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Alright, so Bucciarati escapes through a zipper, um, and he meets up with Giorno on the first floor. And Giorno sees the zipper open, he's like, okay, I know the boss is around here somewhere, so I gotta be careful. And then he notices like that the um that the that the materials he stuck in Bucciarati to fix him have suddenly disappeared. Like yeah. they do the they do like the Infinity War thing, disintegration thing. Right. <laughs> um and Bucciarati's eyes like go blank and the fly is like on his eyelid and it's not moving, which indicates that like he's not responding to stimulus anymore. Yeah. And then his zipper disappears from both the um hole he made, um, and also from uh like Trisha's wrist, and you're like, Oh shit, did they just actually kill Bucciarati? Yeah. I mean that would that would make sense if it was like because we just had all this build up about how Wow, Giorno is almost more like the Capo than Bucciarati is. Like, yeah, and, and they and they've done this sort of thing before, right? Like, where they killed a major character like close to, like at a turning point in the series, like they did it in Stardust. No, not Stardust. Well, yeah, in Stardust Crusaders, yeah. and also in um, Battle Tendency, where they yeah, killed yeah. Um, Caesar. Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, right? Um, 
so and then a real weird thing happens that I'm still trying to interpret. I'm sure they'll ex- explain it. Yeah. As a plot twist later. Right. But like King Crimson is about to attack Jorno uh, because Jorno was just standing around like a dumbass. Right. <laughs> um, and suddenly Bucciarati's like ghost appears behind Jorno and is yeah. like, hey, Jorno, you dumbass, get out of here. <laughs> and Jorno's like, who was that? And then suddenly. Sorry, go ahead. Kiss your ghost boss. <laughs> and then suddenly Bucciarati gets up and is like, Giorno, I told you to leave. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. So here's my wild ass theory. Okay. Okay, okay. Bucciarati, Bucciarati's ghost still had his stand power. Yeah. And he used his ghost zipper powers to zip his soul back into his body but he but he's still but he's still a ghost right so like he's just so the ghost is essentially just controlling his body like a flesh suit yeah which is why he can't respond to pain and also why he doesn't bleed because he is still technically dead it's just that he prevented himself from moving on to the afterlife by zipping his his soul back into his body sure that is my theory i think i remember what's going on but i actually am not sure all right so i guess we'll i I guess we'll find out together once again i refuse to even speculate because that way lies madness (laughs) right oh yeah i'm probably wrong but it's fun (laughs) to be wrong in this show right yeah yeah (laughs) anyway so butcherati's like look i'll explain what happened later we're just gonna go now and uh, Giorno just throws a laptop. I'm not okay, so I'm not sure why he turns it into a fish. Me neither. Like, so, so Giorno throws his laptop during flight. It turns into a fish, and then it transforms back out of being a fish when it hits the pillar and breaks. And the whole point was just to break it so. Uh, everybody else could know where they are before they... Right. Because they weren't going to get a chance to, like, run there in time. But I don't... Anytime a Jojo character does something like that, I assume there's some weird, very specific contingency they had planned for Oh, involved a fish. I think... Okay, so I think I know why, but also I don't know why he didn't just choose a different animal. Uh So, like, he turns it into a flying fish. Oh, And the flying fish uses its wings to, like, curve the laptop. Why not, like, a bird? Curve the bullet. So, yeah, exactly. Why not just turn it into an actual bird? You know what? It's a stressful situation. I'll give him this one. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And so then... uh, yeah, Giorno and uh, the rest of the gang, like, see the laptop. He's like, oh, they're over there. And King Crimson's like, well, now, shit, now I can't. Now I now it's too risky to go after them. I, can, I probably can't punch all five of them within five seconds. Yeah, they will probably get me <laughs> if I try to attack also, them all at once. Also, this Giorno cat, he seems like some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do like how... Uh, like, all the enemies' reactions to Giorno's power are like, well, I guess he can do that shit. Right. <laughs> no wonder we were warned. 
So then we get uh, an actually yeah. like really good like character scene with everybody. Yeah, because um, because everybody's like, okay, so what just happened there? And Bucciarati's all, well, I betrayed the boss because I felt bad for Trish and I didn't want the boss to murder Trish. And, like, the rest of the gang is like, are you insane? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we go through the sequence where Bucciarati's like, look, me and Giorno are, are going to try and save Trish. You don't have to follow us. You Like, if... You, if you choose to get on this boat, cool, but, like, this is your chance to, like, stay loyal to the organization, so right. make your choice. At which point, Fugo's like, you fool, you absolute idiot, no one would ever go with you, it's suicide. And then everybody gets on the boat except him. Yeah, yeah everybody except for Fugo. Even right. Narancia. Right, Narancia, like, oh, freaks God. out about it a lot, he's like, I don't know what to do, I need you to just tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> make decisions for <laughs> right. me. Right. Yeah, yeah, if you order me to do this, I'll feel better about it. And Bucciarati, the good boss, says, No, I cannot order you to do this. You must decide this right. on your own. And they're going to just leave Narancia, but then he sees Trish as they're going away and thinks about how she's been abandoned by her father and how it's like how he's been abandoned and betrayed. And he's Trish. He's She's kind of like him. And he starts crying and runs to catch up with them. Yeah, this, it's actually a real sweet moment. It for is. Her. I like I, it a lot. I thought this was a really, uh, this was a great character moment for him. One hundred percent. Yeah, I love it this. is. Yeah. And uh, Fugo's but... just left there alone. Yeah. yeah, Fugo, the lame boy. So yeah, Fugo true. is not showing up again. He's just done. <laughs> okay, so he, he really do, does just never show up again. So here's what it is. Um, originally. Araki had planned that Fugo was going to be a spy working for the boss the whole time and betray them. And then he oh. decided that he didn't want to do that, but now he just had Fugo left over and he's like, you know what, I'm just going to write him out of the story. Whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. uh, he, there was eventually a light novel that got written about how even though he is still like in the gang, he still is loyal to Bucciarati and is helping him from the inside. But I oh, doubt okay. they're gonna like. I mean, maybe they'll animate something related to that. Who knows? <laughs> I assume that they try and make it so that his help actually matters. But also, like, if you could make a whole, like, if you could just write him out, then something tells me that like nothing he did inside the organization actually mattered. No, I looked it up. It was like he gets assigned to hunt down and kill Bucciarati because that's what everyone's being assigned to do. And he basically yeah. sabotages some stand users that they, you never actually even see. They're just oh, in the okay. light novel. But it's like, oh, I if see. not for this, there would have been even more stand users they had to fight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did really like this, though, but I feel like a lot of times the anime, the whole crew is immediately like, we would never give up. This was always seemed kind of ancillary. I was like, you know what? I'm not that invested in this. Yeah, yeah. I did yeah. look up, because I, I was trying to make sure that I had all that information right before I said it, and I found, like, a thing from Iraqi. This is a little long, but I think it's worth reading, because it's, I don't know, yeah, I think it's go, interesting. go for it. Uh, let's see here. Men can't choose how they come into the world. Some of them find themselves in happy families. Other, others grow up in terrible places from the first moment. So what should this second group of people do if destiny and fate were something already decided by gods or some kind of law that makes stars move in our vast universe? This is Vento Oreo's main theme, and both the protagonists and their adversaries need to face it. Giorno, Bucciarati, Fugo, Narancia, Abacchio, Mista. 
Every single one of them grew up, or rather was forced to grow up, at the edge of society and family. The same can be said about Trish, really. Could they ever challenge fate, destiny, and change them? This was my most recurring thought while working on this story. I was really down during that period for personal matters. What to do? If it were easy for humans to change them, uh, change them just with effort and will, destiny and fate would lose their meanings. It would be too easy. How could the protagonist fight against this sense of unavoidability? The answer, surprisingly, was given to me by the protagonists themselves. They don't try to change their destiny, and even in their situation, they choose not to give up their spirit's purity. They firmly believe that happiness and a sense of justice are the same thing. I mean, I'm the author, yet while I was writing, I ended up learning from my characters, and this is what truly gave me courage. In these terms, thinking back, I feel I had the illusion of being accepted among them as a friend, more than just growing <laughs> fond of Bento Areo's protagonists myself. There was one part in this fifth series I absolutely had to delete, though. An episode I couldn't write at all. In my head, the story went that between Mista and Arachifugo and Abakio, there'd be a spy working for the boss that betrays Giorno and Bucciarati. At first, I had decided this traitor to be Fugo, but I couldn't do it. My state of mind was so dark that the stories I wrote were becoming more and more evil, but in my heart, I was starting to hate this behavior as time passed. Also, my heart broke just thinking about how Bucciarati would feel. I absolutely can't understand betrayal from a trusted friend, and this is why just thinking about it physically hurt me. I would have accepted any criticism saying that I hadn't had the guts to do it as an author, but I assure you I couldn't write that episode no matter what. <laughs> that's 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 a pretty interesting uh yeah. bit of insight actually. Well, yeah. It also it also neatly A Rocky, the big old softy. It right? also neatly solved the problem that Purple Haze is broken as hell. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> Which that makes sense if it was going to be an enemy they had to fight. Yeah, that that yeah, it 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 makes sense why he gave Fugo such a powerful stand if he was initially planned on being a traitor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I also really <laughs> like that. Like, if the theme is supposed to be about these people that like grew up in these horrible conditions, like fighting against destiny, that the main bad guy is a guy that forces you to do your predestined actions. Yeah, no, yeah. that's great. Yeah, that's it's really, really on theme. I yeah. love it. <laughs> and oh. also that Fugo's power being a poison within you that tears you apart. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh god, you're right. Uh, uh, I just love that Iraqi, the guy that just makes this, like, sometimes horrifying imagery is like, no, my heart couldn't take making a betrayal. Right. It's great. Well, yeah, like, I, from what, I've, I've seen another, like, interview with him about the same thing, and it sounds like he was very depressed when he was writing Vento Arreo, and yeah. then it just kind of, like, cheered him up that he loved, he, he made friends with all these sweet boys. Yeah. He's like, oh, I can't take the heartache of having one of my friends betray me. Yeah, I just, I just love all of these, like, BDSM club boys. Right. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, they, they, they choose their sides, um, Fugo. <laughs> yeah, Fugo, Including it will... the cop, Abakio, which was weird. Yeah. What, what would he say? He, was, he brings up the line, like, I only feel cool when I'm following you. Yeah. Yeah. Following orders. Yeah, even though, like, my loyalty is to the organization, I only feel like I'm... I only feel good about myself when I'm following you, Bucciarati, or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Narasha just, like, straight up swims to the boat. Right. <laughs> which is, uh, which really shows his dedication. And also, makes me feel really bad for him in the next episode. Oh, man. Yeah. like... <sighs> 
Yeah, so yeah. episode 22, where, like, everybody except Well, before Joro... that, there's, of course, episode 21.5. <laughs> we gotta cover that one. Oh, yeah. You told me you weren't gonna do this. <laughs> well, I will never trust you ever again. Well, you see, the gang got an assignment from the boss to protect Trish at all costs. And they had to fight off the assassination team who were revolting against Passione. They, they killed them all. They uh, killed them all. There was, there was a fish hook guy. There was yeah. a dead guy. Was, Shrinky whole... Dink. Beat him up real good. <laughs> and that was a weird computer thing. We don't even speak yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. Let's about Babyface the better. <laughs> anyway. God damn it. <laughs> Alright. So. Guts. Episode. Yeah. Episode 22. The G in Guts. Um. Yeah, this episode will make you feel very, very bad and sympathetic toward Narancia because his friend, man, Mista is so mean to him in this episode. (laughs) His friends are so mean to him, and Giorno's the only one who understands. I understand that reaction that you're describing. Mostly, this episode is just ridiculous to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mostly it's just because, like, how is Jorno the only one who notices there's something that real weird about what Garanche is yeah. doing? These guys are all so dumb. Yeah. Like, everyone is so dumb. Like, even if you think that Narancha is unreliable, like, there is clearly something happening to him. Right. But before we get to any of that, they're on a canal yeah. in Venice. Uh, they're worried to leave right away because they assume, you know, that's what the boss's guards are expecting them to do. So they're just going to kind of try to lay low until they come up with a plan. Yeah. Uh, but they have to stop to eat because the bullet gremlins are hungry. <laughs> because sex pistols just come out and start screaming for food. I love the sex pistols so much. They're very good. Mista! Feed us! The sex pistols are essentially like if you had six tiny cats following you around at all times. Yes. I know you all had a very intense moment back there, right. but hey, we're hungry. Yeah. We're hungry, actually. <laughs> Don't forget about right. us, main characters. <laughs> so then, yeah, yeah, then we get a new opening. We do get a new opening. I like it. Also, a new ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll get to that, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, anyway, uh, new opening. It's essentially like a, a big ass recap of the stuff that's. Uh, happened so far, right? Um, it, including for they they put like Trish's Trish's hand coming off in the opening, which I do not appreciate. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that. You don't have to remind me that that's a thing that happened, right? Um, we do, however, the opening does give us the first shot of trish's stand though and it is very much a jojo main character stand yeah it's a cool looking stand i if unless i'm like forgetting a fight that happens i think we'll see it for real in like three weeks yeah it it, it does the strong and precise punch the fast and precise punches thing like all like main jojo protagonist stands do so yeah also some weird looking Um, boy who's just holding his head that's fine nothing weird happened in there (laughs) yeah again it, it it makes me feel like like Dio will show up in some form again, yeah. like because there's so many clues that like aside from Giorno obviously being the protagonist, but like uh-huh. even though King Crimson like that guy probably is not Dio, 
Right. Um, otherwise, he probably would have done some vampire shit during right, that right. fight. Like, yeah, as soon as, like, he punched through a Bucciarati's chest, if he was still a vampire, like, he would have yeah. sucked, slurped sucked his blood right out. Yeah, he would have <laughs> slurped that boy. I love this opening because it, it yeah. follows what a lot of the JoJo openings do, which is spoil the entire series, but you don't know that that's what it's doing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, after the opening, uh, we, uh, we cut to a restaurant uh, where the boys and the gremlins are eating. Yeah. Um and they and they're just like talking about like, hey y'all, so how do vegetarians work? <laughs> and then they get vegetarians confused with vegans. Right. Cause they're like, hey, do you think vegetarians can like drink milk or or eggs? And it's like, well no, because they come from cows and chickens and yeah. it's like no guys, that's what vegans are. Well, <laughs> you know, who knows? This is <laughs> This is a Japanese script written to be Italian people, and it's been translated into English. Who knows what the distinction yeah. between vegan and vegetarian also, is? In also, yeah, maybe they don't have a distinction in in, in Japan. Also, I don't know. Uh, these uh, <laughs> these characters are kind of dumb. Yeah, also true. That. They are dumb. So yeah, it, it's very in keeping that they wouldn't realize that there was even a difference. Right. Um. But yeah, then they're like, so do you think they can like? use use purses and because as we all know the only purses that exist are made from leather well again they're italian fine italian shoes and handbags yeah uh uh accidentally spills some wine on a dude's suit and the dude starts yelling at him about paying up right and narancha's like oh shit an enemy stand (laughs) <laughs> and they just start beating the guy up. Vista and Narat just start, like, knock this guy down and just start kicking him over and over. And then Abakio just, like, takes a nice big sip of wine and just gets and up and helps. Them. Yeah, and they're like, wait, guys, I don't think this this guy's an enemy stand because, like, he just went unconscious. That was way too easy. Yeah. But, hey, if this he guy's just... just a civilian, I've got an idea. Let's shove food down his mouth to see if we were poisoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, the other thing about these guys is that they are complete sociopaths. Right. Yeah. They're still criminals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're still bad people. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> looks at the wine stain and is like, oh, you know, Narancia, that is going to be a, a real difficult thing to get out. You are going to need to pay this guy. As his suit is covered in blood. Yeah. I almost feel like Mista is making a joke, but I'm not sure he's smart enough to make I'm a joke. I'm not sure he is. Mista is definitely the biggest idiot in this episode. Yeah. And Brutality just turns around and looks at us like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I turned then... around for half a second to talk to my boyfriend. Yeah, and Jorno's like, my boyfriend's acting very strangely. But yeah. I think I'll I think I think I won't broach the topic though until until I find more out about why he's not responding to pain anymore. Right, yeah, because that was something else. And why he apparently doesn't have blood. Yeah, because during, like, that big speech at the end of the last episode, he, like, set his hand down on a wooden railing, got, like, just a nail through his hand, and no blood came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so then, uh, like, a Bucciarati sort of, like, dis- goes through his plan about how he, he wants to assassinate the boss. Uh, because, like, if they can find out his identity, 
then they can just like assassinate him without him even knowing that you know they're around. Right, you can't fight King Crimson; it's invincible. So they need to figure out a the way to get at his user. Yeah, I mean, clearly, the, it, the I mean, they're the final battle is definitely not going to be directly against King Crimson because you can't beat that. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, Narancha like, "Hey, should we be saying this like in front of Trish? Like, it'd probably make her super." Super sad. Yeah, she did then, just, like, get her hand chopped off and then was, like, almost murdered by her father. Maybe we should be a little more sensitive. And Trish is like, nah, it's fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Trish <laughs> comes out of the turtle and is like, like, fuck it, I don't care, I don't care about my dad. He's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> However, I want to find out who I am. Yeah. And then, and then Vucciarati is all, well, Narancia sounds like she's a lot stronger than you think she is. And Narancia's like, shit, she's stronger than me. <laughs> but also, like, Narancia's point was completely valid. Like, it, yeah. it was a little insensitive to just talk about this in front of her without, like, involving her. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, just, like, stick her in the turtle while you talked about plans of assassinating her, her dad. Like, if you're going to do that, at least, like, bring her out of the turtle. Exactly. Or, or go into the turtle with her if you're concerned about people seeing her. Right. Um, um, but she explains she has remembered something that might be a clue to the boss's identity, which is that her mother met him on Sardinia. So that's where they should go if they want to learn something about his past. Yeah, so they've got to travel to an island. Um, yeah, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be so straightforward. Oh yeah. yeah! Again, nothing bad has ever happened to JoJo's protagonist when they've traveled across water. No, not a single time. It's always gone swimmingly. Ah, swimmingly. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well right. played. Well played. I gotta, I gotta make some goofs occasionally. Um. So yeah, as they're as they're talking with Trish, like Narancia's like, well, I guess she's fine, and goes back to eating his soup. Um, and then he notices that, like, his spoon disappears into his soup. And is like, that's weird. I guess I'll just get another spoon. Uh, and then his other spoon picks up, like, the remains of the spoon that he initially used. And is like, right. okay, that's even weirder. It's all, like, chewed up. It's like, ah, uh, hmm, ah, uh, hmm. And then a shark fin suddenly appears in his soup. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, oh, shit, an enemy stand. So Narancha at least knows what to do when he sees something weird. Right. And that's to shoot it a million times. Look, that's fair. No, 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 I agree. I would I would 100% do the same thing in Durant's yep. scenario. <laughs> like, yes, you, like, I can, you have a plane that can shoot real ammo. <laughs> right. Yeah, so he, he blows up his soup, and the rest of the gang is like, Narancha, what the hell just happened? He's yeah. like, there was a shark in my soup. <laughs> Um, but, like, no one believes him because, well, at least no one at first believes him because they don't see the, the shark. Right. Um, they like, think he's Mista's just looking at, Yeah, like, Mista's looking at the puddle of soup on the ground. But then the shark appears, like, in his spoon that still has mm-hmm. some soup in it. Right. And then, like, the shark... We get this great shot of the of the shark just jumping at the camera. Yeah. And then it bites a piece of Narancha's tongue off. Yeah. Which... Yeah. Is this the second time someone's tongue has been cut off uh, what was the in first? this show? I think th- I thought there was another time that it happened. I'm trying to remember. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just not remembering. 
Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember ex- exactly either. But like, I feel like oh yeah, oh, no, it, it was gray in Stardust. Like that was its thing. Oh, yeah. to rip people's tongues out. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, also, it wasn't a tongue, but um, Babyface took out Jorno's throat so he couldn't speak. Right. So, like, not the same body part, but the, still the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. This is still. Yeah. This is this is another another instance. Uh, in this series of a stand specifically attacking someone's ability to communicate. There's a lot of close-ups of Narancia while his tongue is cut off where you just see like a cross-section of his tongue and I don't care for oh, it. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Also, we oh. see Narancia's tongue inside like the shark that is slowly eating The shark it, is it's... holding the tip of its tongue like it's sticking its tongue out at Narancia <laughs> while it slowly yeah. eats it. It's... Yeah. <laughs> and and Narancha keeps pointing at things that have the shark, and Mista, even though like he's staring directly at those things at some points, is still like, What are you seeing, Narancha? Mista is Mista a, is a dog. Dumbass. He just looks at you and not what you're pointing at. I hate It seems Mista. you're upset by something. <laughs> I love sex pistols. I hate Mista so much. I love Mista in general. I hate him in this episode. Uh, he's the worst, cause like he's he gives, he gives Narancha so so much shit, even though he is the one being an, an idiot. Yeah, like Narancha gives him as many clues as he possibly could, given Narancha's current state, and like Jorno is the only one to catch on to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so like, Mister the... like sees Narancha pointing to the table, and he thinks Narancha wants water. And I guess to keep Mista from getting too close to the water and getting bit by the shark, he, like, jams his knife into his mouth? Yeah, I, I think that's what happened, because, like, uh, because the shark doesn't attack him. Right. Um. Uh. So, yeah, like, he injures himself um, again. Yeah, to, he, like, cuts uh, off the rest of his tongue, but then he starts choking on it? Yeah, so Jorno does an emergency tracheotomy with a ballpoint pen. Yeah. Because Jorno is the only one who knows medicine, I guess. Yeah, which is pretty yeah. handy for the team healer, right? Uh, for his powers, it's good to know how bodies work. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> you gotta know the rules before you completely disregard them in every way. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's like I gotta heal you. Where does your heart go again? <laughs> Where should I stick this? Uh, the, your, your kid, look, your stomach should work. This will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Narancha is breathing through the ballpoint pen, which gives Jorno enough time to like gather random scraps to make a tongue. Yes, because <laughs> again, gotta remind you that Jorno's power is real weird and it horrifying. Sure is. Meanwhile, they're being watched from a rooftop across the canal by the owner of this shark, which is named the Clash. Yeah, it, yeah. So they they call it Crush. Yeah, um, which isn't no, bad. They, they, yeah, they, which they, just makes me think that which makes me think that they're referring to either the Orange Crush song right. or Crush Forty. Either yeah. one is good. Uh, yeah. I was. It made me think Blue Crush. That one. What was that? That was like an ocean movie, right? Uh, sure. No, actually, my thinking is that it's uh, the song Crush with Eyeliner. Yeah, could be that too. Oh, okay, yeah. There's there's a lot of options you can do, yeah. which makes me wonder like why they didn't just didn't go for Clash because like Crush has plenty of references too. Right. Like I don't. Yeah, the, the like, decisions this... behind the American names are completely no, they, baffling. The, well, okay. The thing about that is that uh, even in the Japanese, they pronounce it Crush. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get why Crush is what they landed on. 
for the American version. No, it's not the American. It's the if you actually listen to the dialogue, they pronounce it crush. No, I understand that, but that's just because there's no L sound Japanese. Like the reference is the clash. Oh really? Oh yeah. Like if, yeah, if you look it up, like that that is what this stand is called. Okay. I, yeah. yeah, I'm che- I'm actually checking right now just to make sure. Um, let's see, way to Sardinia. Yeah, yeah. The even the JoJo wiki says clash. Okay. Yeah. But it's like you know, Kulashu. So it's it's uh-huh. is that crush or clash? It you know yeah. Or it could even be crash. Yeah. Yeah. So there's different. So Crash Bandicoot <laughs> yeah. is in their water. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we get. Does anybody have a Dave Matthews band stand? <laughs> oh man, if only. <laughs> For some reason, I don't think that that would be uh that would be Iraqi's bag. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we get the two most homoerotic vi- villains so far. Yeah, yeah. They're just like completely wrapped around each other while they're monologuing about how they're gonna kill Jorno uh, and his friends. Yeah, they're horny about murder. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, there's Squallow, and I think Tiziano is the other one. I think mm-hmm. one of them. One of them. I think uh, one of them is trans. Because uh, oh really? Well, okay. But, well, the thing about it is that one of the uh, at least one of them uses Watashi to refer to himself. I don't know enough Japanese that's, to know what that means. That's kind of that's that's generally the oh, more feminine. You're saying in, you're saying instead of Boku, right? Or or okay. a, they use Watashi. I right. I feel like I do not know enough about like okay. Well, the, like, all right. about two different subjects like, Japanese, here. Japanese like. <laughs> sociology and, like, sexuality <laughs> enough to know what the implications of that are? Yeah. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, okay. Sure, huh. no, I, I accept that. Okay. I just say I don't know what that means that they're using. That. Yeah, well, so there could be two, there could be two interpretations. Well, like, it's, it's one one is, like, that, you know, the, the character is trans. The other, the other is that, like, um, they're just supposed to be, like, a, um... A, a feminine, uh, like a, a person who identifies as male, but is still like takes on, uh, uh, takes on feminine attributes and and um, behavior. Well, um, yeah, yeah, because the uh, okay, right? Because watashi is also used in a more in a more formal context. Like for instance, okay, yeah. uh, for instance, yeah, for instance, All Might from uh, My Hero Academia uses watashi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or or he could just be like very stuck up. Yeah. So what is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. That There's a lot of ways to I interpret have it. No basis to possibly analyze that in any intelligent way, and I'm just gonna yeah, yeah leave that one alone. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways you can interpret that. Um, I, I I have a very important question. What's that? Yes. Very important question. Do you think Golden Experience looks at them? And, hey, Jordan, remember when we used to be like that? <laughs> How come you never hold me anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you don't appreciate me. Yeah, it's all frogs and snakes and stuff. But like, when do we have our time? Yeah. When 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 do you ever let's transform stuff just for fun, just to see if you can? Right. But uh, yeah, so Squallow is the one who owns. Remember when? Remember the days when you were practicing bread snake? (laughs) (laughs) Those were the good times. Yeah, Squallow is the owner of the Clash because Squallow is just Italian for shark. Oh. And, uh, yeah, Tiziano is the owner of the stand, Talking Head, or Talking Mouth. Yeah. Ooh. 
Which I, 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 don't, I don't like Talking Head. Well, I like it. I, I like it as a name because, as we're gonna see, its power is to make you stop making sense. Yeah, no, it's 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 a good name, and I, I do. It's it's power. Its power is its power is like really only useful in conjunction with other stands. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. It is a stand that needs to be used co-op. Right. Otherwise, like it's pointless. Um. But yeah, no, I. Uh, well, so like, there 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 is a history of that in JoJo. Uh, Right. Yeah. Because uh, you remember Whole Horse. I mean, right. He was pretty. He was basically useless unless he was cooperating with another stand user. Yeah. See, I feel Wasn't like that's Whole more Horse of a Whole Horse, horse gun, problem though? than an Emperor yeah, problem. Yeah. That's, that's that's just because Whole Horse was bad at his job. <laughs> like stand, your stand power being a gun, like is pretty is a pretty good solo stand power. It's just As Mister Guido demonstrates. Yeah, Whole Horse is just bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, like there, yeah, there are other instances of like the stands that are good co-op. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so uh, like we cut ahead to um, Narancha's tongue being repaired, uh, and then like he tries to explain what the stand looks like, and like whenever he tries to explain, like Narancha's voice changes, like his inflection changes. Mm-hmm. And then he says, like, the opposite of what he means. And whenever he does that, like, he sticks his hand over his mouth like he's, like, trying to, like, he's surprised by what's coming out. Yeah. And, like, no one seems to notice that, like, Narancha is apparently, like, very upset by the things that he is saying. Right, yeah. Except for Giorno, who starts to speculate that something weird is going on. But he's not sure what. Because everything, it's like... Oh, where did it go? And Narcha was yelling, Oh, went to the bathroom! And then like covers his mouth and starts sweating, and no one wonders about that at all. Yeah. So, bathroom it is! (laughs) Yeah. Like, at at first, like, halfway through this, like, whole... Because this goes on for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But but halfway through this whole sequence, uh, there's a point where... uh, where Bucciarati is like, all right, well, we should, we should, like, travel by boat here, like, through, through the canal. And, uh, Narancha's like, yeah, we should definitely do that. And then he covers his mouth, and then Bucciarati's like, well, actually, let's, let's not do that. Um, and for a second there, I thought Bucciarati had figured out what was happening, but didn't want to, like, but didn't want right. to like give it away to the enemy stand. Sure. But no, he just happens to do the thing that Narancha wanted him to do. Yeah. Like he doesn't know what's going on. And I was actually kind of disappointed by that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this I I don't like this sequence because it just goes on for like so long. Yeah. Like there's so so much time spent Agreed. with Narancha like freaking out about saying the wrong thing. That it be starts to become absurd that no one besides Giorno would even suspect that something was happening. Yeah, it's it's frustrating um, to look at. Yeah. yeah, like if it had only lasted for like maybe three or four minutes, then that would be a lot more believable. That they'd be like, "Oh, Naranch is just being weird." Right. Um, but it goes on for like ten. Like it's the basically the rest of this episode. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so they 
eventually go inside a bathroom because there's a lot of water in bathrooms and the shark and 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 swallow wants to like use it use the water portals to assassinate some of them yeah pick them off one by one uh and like here's also where we start to get a sense of what uh talking heads alternate power is um (laughs) yeah so narancha goes to turn off the water faucet so the shark can't teleport through the like drops of water but then talking head has like a tongue tentacle come out and then grab the faucet and turn it on again i'm like oh i guess it can do that too yeah which we do see talking head at some point in here too and it's like just a weird gross just growth it's very much like the empress from stardust yeah it's just a weird tumor on top of narancha's tongue yeah that also can make him grow a tentacle yeah, it's very disturbing. I was gonna say, conceive of a tongue that long. Think about it. Just think of the texture yeah. of the tongue that uh, long. Mm, <laughs> mm. Just a just fleshy and weird and bristly. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, 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 then another piss thing happens. Yeah, another piss thing does happen. So. Uh, so, um, he realizes that, uh, Narancha realizes that there's water still in the toilet. Um, and I'm not sure why this would help at all, but Narancha, like, goes over the toilet, toilet, and I guess, like, he can just pee on command. Sure. And he just starts peeing in the toilet, which just adds more liquid to it. Well, the idea is that, like... They were getting lured over to the toilet so Clash could eat them, and Narancha peeing in the toilet grosses them out so they back away. Yeah, I guess. That would just make it... Yeah, I guess they don't want to kill Narancha at this point because they're using him. But that just made oh. me think, like, the the shark could just swim up your pee and bite Yeah, your dick I did off. think about that. <laughs> that seems really... It seems really dangerous to give it an avenue directly towards your dick like that. Yeah. Well, and did we already get to the part where, uh, like, Naranchi started crying in frustration because of how dumb all his friends are, and then yeah. Clash showed up in his tears? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a thing. He can't even be sad without endangering his friends. Yeah. Uh, for Narancha. Um, and so then, then he, yeah, that happens before they go into the bathroom, actually. Um, yes, and that's where he realizes that they're using him. Like, they're, they don't intend to finish him off, they want to kill his friends first. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, then the bathroom stuff starts happening. Um, and then, like, eventually everybody leaves except for, except for Giorno, um... Uh, who wants to heal up Narancha's hands? Um, Cause like they got sliced up, um, uh, uh, to basically form as more pools of liquid for the shark to teleport to. Yeah. Um, and instead of like healing his hands, cause like otherwise the shark would jump out of those and get to Jorno, uh, Narancha like shoots. It uses Aerosmith to shoot, like, a nearby, like, um, pole, um, like, that you can use as a handhold in bathrooms, 
uh, to heat it up with the bullets and then just cauterizes his own wounds, which is pretty friggin' hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, and and Jorno's like, okay, buddy, like there's clearly something happening. Like, are are you being forced to say the opposite of what you mean? And Narancha's so happy that finally his good friend Jorno has figured out what the hell is happening. Right. It's one of those things, yeah, one of those things where Jorno gets in and then immediately gets the whole thing. It's like, oh, it sounds like you're trying to say something, but it's making you say the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and he's like, oh, thank God, Jorno's figured it out. And then, but then he realizes, like, a pool of, like, by shooting the pole water is leaking out of the pool of the pool because i guess there was a water main right behind there right uh a water pipe uh and the shark leaps out of the pool and just like bites right through giorno's throat yeah and it's like well that's bad yeah i did just look Giorno's it up dead, in the, the manga because i was curious it's even more drawn out the shit with talking head Oh no! Like he grabs Jorno, is like Jorno. One plus one is three. Three times three is fifteen. He's trying to like explain to him that he can't tell the truth, and Jorno's just like, man, he is bad at math. <laughs> that's a good bit, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like that's probably not the example he should have used because we were introduced to Durancha being bad at math. No, we know. So. Now look at this whole panel. This is everything Durancha says to Jorno to try and get him to understand what's happening. Jorno, two plus two is five. Three times three is eight. Do you get it, Jorno? You get what I'm saying, right? Sharks are plants. Mount Fuji is the tallest mountain in the world. I'm a girl. <laughs> Bruce Lee's a girl, too. And so is Stallone. Cats fly in the sky, and it's a rainy day today. Tomatoes are black. Clouds are black. Ferraris are black, too. And Jorno's just like, are you okay? Now, see, th- those later examples are way better. Like, are way better examples, but the boys are just too dumb. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that's where this episode ends. With with Jorno getting fucked up by a shark. Yeah. You know, uh, I keep wondering. It's like, you remember, like, way back in episode one, like, mm-hmm. one of the things about gold experiences that, is that when, uh, you know, is that when uh, Jorno had, like, one of his, like, transformed animals on him, and somebody attacked him, then the damage would get reflected back? <laughs> oh, yeah! Yeah, whatever happened to that? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Man, that... Yeah, yeah. They totally yeah. forgot about that, didn't they? I forgot... Yeah. I, I'm gonna be honest, I completely forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Like, honestly, you want to be Kid yeah. Crimson, just, like, coat yourself with some gold experience fungi. Uh-huh. Oh gosh! I'm just yeah. I'm just covered in Jorno's mold, and now if King Crimson tries to punch me, he gets a hole in his own dang stomach. <laughs> uh, and then we get the new clo- uh, ending thing, yeah, ending theme, um, which is not as good as freaking you. No, it's not. It's really dull, actually. I, this song is you. This is not a. This is a remix of another song, right? Is it? What? What? What's? Yeah, uh, oh, the movie thug, you know. Well, that's yeah. That's a, I'm trying to figure out. That's a okay. That bit. That's actually. That is. Uh, that's a bit from an old opera. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, but which they I know, it's, which they I, used I, they which they basically used in the they used in the song, just as, yeah, as yeah. kind of a reference. 
Right. It's a uh, it's a song by Enigma, which was a band that got a stand in part four. <laughs> I forget what it's called. It's like Modern Crusaders or something like that. Yeah. The song. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the song name. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, but... it's it's not freaking you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the the dullest ending theme that they've ever picked for a JoJo's. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You're probably right. Yeah, you are. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it'd be between this and Last Train Home, and at least Last Train Home is, like, it's got like a cool, mellow vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except when it does. Um, except yeah, when it I'm not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, okay, the title sort of fits, but the, but the like, the vibe of Last Train Home, it does not fit with... Like second half well, no, see, it, it's called Modern Crusaders, though, so they should have done it in part three. Clearly. <laughs> These guys aren't crusaders. They're gang stars. Right. They don't crusade. Well, I think what they what they do with these uh, ending scenes is, well, except for the except for the one, uh, except for the first season, is they pick stuff that's close, uh, that's close, yeah. roughly in time with uh, the year that it takes place. So, like, this, right. yeah. so... So, uh, Vento Aureo takes place in uh, 2001. Right. So, you got to pick something from roughly around that time. Yeah, I'm looking up when Modern Crusaders came out. 2000. Yeah, so it's right in line. Uh, yeah, and that's why, again, I'm very much hoping that uh, Stone Ocean has some Britney Spears songs for its ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying hey, to... I'm trying to think what what would have been uh, a good one for them to use by looking at the uh, top top charting songs of uh, 2001. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. should have just done "Bootylicious" by Destiny's Child. <laughs> yes, it's far more appropriate for JoJo's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Missed an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> but now I actually I'm looking back at the 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 opening for this show and the mm. new opening, and man, that's a great. That's a good opening. It is a good opening. First, yeah. Actually, like the first few bars of the opening didn't grab me, but it, t- it it like it took a while for the opening to grow on me, but like it builds yeah. up and eventually it gets good. But the first few bars are kind of weak. Oh God! How you remind me by Nickelback. Oh yeah, <laughs> showed up in two thousand one, and I was that's when that was created. Yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> Imagine. What would a Nickelback stand be? <laughs> but that's always the thing, right? Like, 5% of stands make any sense with regard to the band they're named after. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Whew. Anyway. There are no yeah, so class these... loves sharks. <laughs> uh... Oh god, Drops of Jupiter by Train. There you go. Now Shit, Drops talking. of Jupiter would be a really good stand name, actually. Yeah. Man. There's a stand in uh, part six. I forget what its real name is. But just, I'm just trying to think of what Drops of Jupiter would be. But there's a stand that, like, summons asteroids from space to slam into you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. No, that's, that's, that's a stand that could be called Crash. Yeah, I'm looking at... <laughs> oh, that one's called Planet Waves. Planet Waves? Oh, no. Yeah. yeah that... 
Oh god, imagine... Okay, so here's another thing that came out in 2001. And I almost... And I almost like this better for the uh, villain stand, given all the time fuckery. Yeah. Daft Punk's One More Time. There you go. Came yep. out in 2001. That's it. Imagine if that was the villain stand name. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> a little, I'm going to be a weird jerk about the opening again. I'm sorry. But the, the, the thing where they get off the, the boat, they do it. They, they show the guys getting on the boat, and then the first three walk slowly, and then Naran chases after them. Right, and just Fugo's left standing there. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> good, good stuff. All right. Yeah, so the I really liked episode 21. Um, episode 22 had, like, I enjoyed the first half of it, but man, that second half was just a real slog. I think The Clash is a really cool stand, but... Oh, yeah. And Talking Head is a neat idea, but the only way it works is if everyone just gets, like, 50% stupider, and that's very frustrating to watch. Yeah, especially th- especially since I think, like, The Clash is pretty dangerous all on its own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, a- any stand that can make you feel paranoid about your surroundings is a good stand. Right, it's a stand that, like, can attack from any body of water, and they're in Venice. That's an awesome well, yeah, idea. Yeah. yeah, like, really any any liquid at all. Yeah. Because it can also go into, like, wine and right, soup. Right. So, Cheers. like... Yeah, so you have to stay away from any liquid, which is difficult. That reminds yeah. me of, uh... That reminds me of, uh, Angelo's stand in Part 4. Yeah, yeah, it's similar. Yeah, I, I like those types of stands because it because it makes the characters react to their surroundings and like constantly have to adjust and right. like makes them all paranoid yeah. at all times. The benefit of Talking Head, though, from what I remember, is that because Narancia can't get anyone to understand what's happening, he just has to fight the Clash on his own, and it, it's a cool fight from my memory. So that's something. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, Narancia hasn't gotten a lot to do lately. Right. So. Yeah. yeah, it was forever ago when he got to fight Little Feet. Yeah. And this does feel like, you know, if I'm making a story, then the part where Narancia, he's going to do the thing, he's going to join the team, even though, you know, yeah. even the moment, and then like, okay, well, fucking, you have to fight this weird shark and a thing in your mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Prove your worth, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I, I, I accidentally read a little, ahead a little bit in the wiki, but uh-huh. I am very excited for the, uh, Trish stand fight, because the stand, oh, the stand yeah. name is very good. Yeah, we shouldn't say it, because it's so good. Uh, I'm really, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that'll be it for, uh, this episode of JoJo's Bizarre Rewatch. Um, as <laughs> always, you can find show notes at projectharihi.net or at audioentropy.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at StillsTheGM. You can follow me on Twitter at DeathSlinky. You can follow me on Twitter at SeriousTiberius. And you can follow me on Twitter at SSJSpeedRacer. Uh, and remember, folks, stay horny. Even if JoJo isn't. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep the horny flame going. We're going to be modern horny crusaders. Nope, I don't like it. Never mind. <laughs> Mouth got ahead of my head there. <laughs> yeah, just just like someone who's horny would say. <laughs> All right. <laughs>